Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Law Talk Radio. This is your host, Nick Augustine. This show is brought to you by Law Publicist Communications, a full-service public relations agency, headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, serving greater Chicago, Denver, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. At Law Publicist Communications, we put you on the map and keep people talking about you and your firm. We also offer consulting and traditional practice management, especially attorneys starting law firms and for those who find themselves in transition. Today's guest is Antoinette Kuritz. She is a book developer, literary publicist, publishing and media coach, and the host of the Writer's Roundtable show, KUSI-TV book expert, author, wife, mother, grandmother, and soon-to-be publisher. She's the co-author of 1001 Ways to Celebrate America and the author of Get Your Words Out, The Art, Craft, and Business of Getting Published. It's an up-to-date keyboard in the book business. Antoinette is also the La La Jolla Writers Conference founder. Antoinette is on a first-name basis with national media producers, has taught at the Publishing University and Book Expo America, has been interviewed on TV and quoted in the Christian Science Monitor on the Borders Bankruptcy, and recently received an award from the San Diego Writers and Editors Guild for Outstanding Service to the San Diego Writing Community and the Person of Letters Award from her colleagues at the La Jolla Writers Conference. More information is available at the website www.lahoyawritersconference. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A writersconference.com. We do welcome callers to the show this afternoon. We invite your questions and counterpoint also by email directly at my email, nick, N-I-C-K, at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com. Again, that's nick, N-I-C-K, at A-L-R-P-R-A dot com with Law Talk Radio in the subject line, or you can also dial in by calling area code 917-889-9732 Then press option 1 to be placed in the queue. For a quick disclaimer, this is a general information program. The advice shown on the show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary based on your facts and location, and communication with attorneys on our programs does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. Also, this programming is politically neutral, and objective and counterpoints to views expressed are always welcome. Law Law Talk Radio is produced by Law Publicist Communications, an ALRPRA incorporated agency. Law Talk Radio does not necessarily endorse all the opinions expressed by guests. Finally, callers remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved. Now, moving forward... On today's program, uh, our, again, our title is Book Publishing for Lawyers. According to a survey by the Jenkins Group, over 80% of Americans feel they have a book in them. And the number of those actually writing and publishing are growing each year. Few, however, will ever see their books widely read. As the road to publication has become wider, so are the choices a writer has had to make. So the first question is, why are you not writing a book? The easy answer comes when you're considering a book to augment your business or practice. This will be a practical how-to that provides information and generates credibility that leads the writer to a who-to where you are the the who that will get hired. This is a business-driven work, and there is good and bad news and all sorts of other information in the publishing business that apply here. Uh, So even if you hit the New York Times bestseller list, even if you were to go through about a million books published last year, most of them will never be read to completion or turn a profit. So all sorts of uh, clips of information that uh, we will hear today from Antoinette Kuritz. So without further ado, Antoinette, I want to say hi and welcome you to Law Talk Radio. Oh, well, I'm so glad to be here. There's so much to talk about. The book industry is changing so rapidly. New changes are coming about every week. So um, let's start with 
how you decide whether or not to write a book. Sounds good. Um, Let's talk about that. We're talking primarily about about business people right now, are we not? We're talking pr- primarily about attorneys. Yes, most of the people that I think are going to be listening to our program today are interested in publishing their book in their niche practice area or also publishing articles and other uh, publications that can help them spread the word. Okay, here's the thing. You've got to decide, first of all, you've got to decide what your specialty is. Then you've got to decide what you have to say that can be informative, that can even be entertaining. You've got to decide who your audience is. You know, when you write an article for a journal, you're primarily talking to other people in your field. So are you writing to raise your stature among other people in your field? Or are you writing to bring in more clients? If you're writing to bring in more clients, you really want to write a book or an article that the general public is going to have access to. I'm not going to read the law journal, but I'm going to read um, magazines, mainstream magazines, and I may, you know, if I hear you on radio or TV, I may go and pick up your ebook or I might pick up your book. So you've got to decide who you're writing to, who you want to have read your book, what the purpose of that book is. That'll then tell you your method of publication and it will tell you what you're supposed to write. Make sense? It does. Yeah, it it sounds, you know, it sounds like a lot. But let's let's say you're a personal injury attorney, and um, you want to draw in more clients. And one of the ways to draw in more clients is to get media. You're going to be that much more media viable if you have a book. So let's say you write a short book on navigating the maze of personal injury law, or how to choose, you know, everything from how to choose an attorney to how to deal with your insurance company, and it just has maybe ten or 20 salient points, and it's a short book. It can even be an e-book. The fact that you have that book is going to make you that much more credible and that much more viable for media placement. Then you get media placement, people see you on the air. If you provide really, really good content, they're going to go to your website, which means you want to have a really, really good website. So it's, it all ties together. You've got to look at the whole picture, and you've got to look at what it is you want to accomplish with that book. I think, Antoinette, we're going to have a whole bunch of people out there listening who say, "Uh uh-oh, I need a book now. Uh, Where do I start? I didn't even know I was an author. Now I'm going to be an author. (laughs) I'm going to write a book. Well, let's say say you're not an author. Let's say it's really, really tough for you to write a book, but you're very knowledgeable in your field. There are any number of ghostwriters out there who would happily, for a fee, write your book. So you really don't have to worry about that. What you do have to worry about is choosing the right person and not overpaying for the services. The other question you ask yourself is, how do I want to publish? Well, you know, you could wait. Let's say, let's say you write a book. Let's say you get an agent. Within a week of finishing that book, you have an agent. Then what happens is the agent has to sell that book to a publishing company. That publishing company is going to usually take a minimum of 18 months to publish that book. So you've got to ask yourself in this day and age when self-publishing and electronic publishing are so very popular and so accepted, am I better off self-publishing? And if you are, do you go through one of the do you go through one of the companies that just um do you go through one of the companies that just 
publishes your book for you, does all the work for you, or do you do you subcon everything out on your own? There are decisions to be made every step of the way, and you've really got to ask yourself, the again, we go back to the purpose of your book. If you speak in front of large groups all the time, you're better off self-publishing. You make more money for the back-of-the-room sales. The majority of your books are going to sell back-of-the-room. Let's say you want your book as a premium. You want to be able to give it away to clients. Again, you're better off self-publishing because it's too costly for you to buy your books back from the publishing company. But, you know, if you're writing a legal thriller, that's another story. Then you want to find an agent and a publisher. And I've been talking too much. I'm going to turn this over to you for a minute. Oh, no, I'm just taking some great notes because this these are good things. I've also been um, <laughs> looking and digging around in the world of uh, publishing things. Um, uh, you know, I'm, now you say 10 or, 10 or 20 salient points can be a short book. Um, what does that look like? How many pages? Is a short book also something that might have... Um, yeah, I'm thinking of desk reference guides and practice manuals, real uh, pragmatic stuff. Yeah, you're talking. You're thinking of the books that other lawyers are going to read, books that are going to be used in curriculum. I'm talking about books that are going to be used as a sales piece. You know, for most for most of the attorneys out there, um, you know, it would be nice to be have a book in curriculum at, at law school. But by the same token, what do you want? You want clients. And if you can write a book that the public understands and that makes the public realize that you've got a really good grasp on on your topic, and then if you're out there and you're doing media and you're on the air and you're giving great content and you're likable and you're strong on the air, you're going to build your client base that much faster. So were I an attorney? Yeah, it would be nice to write one of those big reference books. It would be nice to be in, in curriculum but by the same token, if I was building a practice, I'd be using my book to reach out to my potential clients. Okay, so when so what what does that process look like? Just and we can get into some of this more in detail, but just in the front segment here, I'd like to just get a really wrap my teeth around it. So let's say you have an idea. What do you do next? Um, well, depending on whether or not you feel you can write this book yourself, generally. You just, the first thing I would do is I would write a proposal. Now, attorneys are business people. They should know how to write a proposal. A book proposal has several components to it. It has the author bio. It has the summary of the book. It has an outline of the book. It has the first three chapters of a book. It has a marketing plan. And I think that in writing that book proposal, what that does is it grounds you. It functionally becomes it becomes your checkpoint for whether or not the direction you're going in is the right direction for you. Um, so I might start with that. If I really already knew exactly what I wanted to write, and let's say I knew, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a small book on um, <clears throat> I'm gonna write a small book on the different um, you know the the differences between wills and trusts and this and that because I'm I'm you know I'm reaching here because that's not my field. But if I was going to be writing a small book on that as a sales piece, well then I might just write the book and get a really good editor to edit the book. And depending on the length of it, I would decide whether it's going to go up as just an ebook on my website, or I'm actually going to turn it into a book that's available through stores and through the on through the dot coms. 
So, you know, there's all these things to think about and consider. But what I'd really like to put out there is that when you do a book, if you're going to do a book, do it well. Do it to the best of your ability. Make it as professional as you can. Understand who your audience is and write to that audience so that they will understand the points that you are making. And um, and then do some PR with it, some PR and marketing. Now, when... Oh. So we have okay. We, I'm just taking good notes here. We have a lot of options here. Um, again, a writing to the public. If you if you conceive of your public as being uh, a, you know a single set of people or a group of people, let's say you're a um, a lawyer who does kitchen and bath real estate uh, litigation suits, and he's targeting a specific group of people. How do you make that of universal appeal? That's I think we have a lot of people who may need help in. Uh, sort of getting the direction. So is there someone in the process that can help in a roadmap or outlining? And what would that well, you've look got, like? Uh, what do you mean? Someone who can help you write it or someone who can help you sell it? Oh, well, someone, if if you were, I think organiz, organization is one of the toughest things on the front end um, to organize the thoughts in a way that is applicable to a lot of people um, and is user friendly. I, I suppose it might be uh, how, who might help with outlining. You know, is, is so. In other words, are there people in various stages of the writing process? Um, there are ghost writers who will help you through the entire process. But realize that about five or six years ago, there were 176,000 new ISBN, ISBNs issued. That's the identity number on the back of a book. Last year, there were almost a million issued. Because of the growth of self-publishing and the ease with which it's done now, more and more books are being published. On the other hand, um, less and less of these books are being read, but more and more are being published. There's tremendous competition. So what's grown up is a whole industry around them. People who put themselves out there as ghostwriters, people who put themselves out there as cover designers and interior designers and editors and book shepherds. And um, there's no vetting for this. You know, they don't have to be licensed like you attorneys have to be. Um, those of us who work in this field just hang up our shingle and say this is what we do for a living. And I've seen cover design range anywhere from $500 to $5,000 for a cover. And I've, I've seen, I had someone come to me recently with a trade paperback book, that's the larger size paperback book, that they self-published. No special graphs, no special artwork. They had spent $100,000 on it, a book that should have cost them probably six to $8,000 to produce. So you have to be very, very careful when you're doing this. That said, finding someone who can guide you through the process, I think is a very, very smart thing to do, who can give you several editors to choose from and several ghost writers to choose from and several designers to choose from and who gives you an idea of what your budget should be. A self-published trade paperback book, for you to have a thousand copies of it um, and have, them, have it very well done, have great interior design, great editing, just have it soup to nuts you could probably get that done, even with a ghostwriter, for well, well under $15,000. And then the next time you go to print, all you're paying is the print cost. 
So wow. it's, you know, you really just have to be careful. I would look at costing, and I would look at the, if somebody wanted to me to take them on as a ghostwriter, I would ask them for samples, I would ask them for references, and I would I would only contract with them to do one chapter with me. Because if I didn't like the first chapter, I could let them go. There's you so have much, to be careful. There's so much to know. Um when I think again, one of the questions that I'll, we're going to pause for our first break, and then I'll ask you um, to help us. Again, I think some of the problems that many may have in trying to determine whether they're a strong enough writer or whether they're an author. So, I guess when you write professionally, it's one thing to write effectively professionally as an attorney would, but then that's not the same as are you a great writer or are you an author? So we'll ask those questions directly when we come back with Antoinette Kuritz right after our first break. So we appreciate all of you uh, who tune in and to the extent that you are tuning in late and uh, sharing our programming, we also thank you for that. Today's guest is Antoinette Kuritz, and we're talking about book publishing and law and different options. Our first commercial sponsor break is from the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Your business may be exposed to liability if your marketing materials and slogans infringe on another's intellectual property. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity and guard against trademark infringement, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Charm today by visiting www.nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. The law office of Nancy K. Ducharme is there to help you with your advertising copy review. Get in touch with Nancy today by visiting nkdlaw.com. Our second commercial sponsor is Steve Fretzen and Sales Results Incorporated. If you're an attorney who is struggling with developing your book of business, try calling Sales Results. For over six years, Sales Results has been helping attorneys to double or even triple their books through their business development coaching programs. You may call them at area code 847-317-1575. Again, Steve Fretzen and Sales Results are at 847-317-1575. You may also find Sales Results Incorporated online at www.salesresultsinc.inc. So that's salesresultsinc.com. Again, for those of you who do find our program using Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, uh, you may find the archive titles to your shows, and many people find our content by those sharing those with others. So we do appreciate your help in doing that. So we are now back to our program with Antoinette Kuretz, and I'd like to uh, just go ahead, Antoinette, and ask you uh, directly, for an attorney out there listening who wants to ask themselves, am I a great writer or am I an author? What are some things to look at? How do we really know? Well, you know, attorneys often make great writers. They really do. Um, you think of Linda Fairstein, Jim Grapando, uh, John Grisham, Scott Turow, Phil Margolin, Steve Berry. Um, and part of that is because you attorneys learn to say things succinctly. Mark Twain said, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter book. And um, Victor Villasenor, the Latino writer, said to me years ago, um, I'm not a great writer, I'm a great rewriter, and I've interviewed 
oh God, I don't know how many hundred, uh, hundreds of authors since then who all say the same thing. So what I would say to an attorney is, is you're already ahead of the game because you know how to get to the point in your writing. I would say to them, if you're not sure whether or not you're a decent writer, think about how you present to your clients. If a client came in and asked you questions, how would you answer them? And if you're writing a, a, a content-driven piece that is a sales piece for your, your organization, write the questions that your clients would ask and write the answers down the way you would answer those clients because probably you answer your clients in a very understandable way or they wouldn't be your clients. And then when you're done with that, then employ a good editor. As to being an author, an author is simply someone who's managed to, to sell their book manage to sell what they've written. And so, um, you know, writing writing is something that always needs editing. There are no great writers. There are only great rewriters. And um, chances are, if you're an attorney, you're ahead of the game for, in, in, in when it comes to writing. So really no reason to fear uh, writing the whole book yourself. And no, so not again, at all. So a 10 to 20 salient point, how, how many, uh, how long is that? How are how most of these books... Well, let's say you're doing an ebook, okay? Let's say you're doing a series of ebooks. Let's say you're a personal injury attorney and you do one ebook on dealing with your insurance company and you do another ebook on um, picking the right attorney for you. And, um, you know, I, I don't know, I'm sure there are several topics you could cover or dealing, dealing with doctors, whatever it is. Um, those books can be as short as 25 to 30 pages. That's your typical. Small ebook. Now, ebook has grown. Um, the, the definition of an ebook has grown now that we have Kindles and, and we have Nooks and, and Sony readers and, and iReaders and all that. Because now we're taking long books and we're putting them into electronic format and reading them that way. So when I say ebook, what I'm talking about is what used to be considered almost a booklet. And you put those up on your website, and you have them there for sale for a dollar each or whatever, or you give them away as a premium to visitors who leave their contact information. Suddenly, you're growing your business in a very simple way. There are companies out there that will turn your ebook. Now, again, I'm talking about these almost booklet books into all the ebook formats for, um, I think it's up to 25 pages for $75. And even Amazon.com now has a list of the short ebooks that they consider most valuable. So these are really catching on. And these will also help you get media that will drive people to your website. On the other hand, if you're writing a book for the consumer, I would say probably around 33,000 words is a good length. It's long enough to cover the subject and short enough to keep it interesting. How many pages about is 33,000 words usually? Oh, it depends on how it's laid out. It's not a long book. It's maybe um, 150 pages. All right. How long does it take most people to write that? Oh, it depends on the writer. That's, you know, that's, um, if you know your subject and, and you're used to you're used to writing, and you're writing nonfiction, you can actually get the bones of that book done in a week or two, depending on how many hours a day you have. Um, and then you go back and you edit, and when you're all done editing, then you hire a professional editor to go through it. 
So, um, and then if you decide to self-publish, you've got specific steps to follow. And if you decide to go through a um, an agent and try to get a regular publisher, you've also got other steps to follow. You're not going to get an agent. It's un- it's unlikely you're going to get an agent for a um, 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 nonfiction book without a book proposal. And the book proposal is often harder for people to write than the actual book is. Well, so it's correct that the book proposal is uh, sort of the business end of things as well, right? It is. It is. You sell yourself to the agent with the book proposal, and and then the agent uses that book proposal to sell you to the publisher. You know, it used to be publishers were just that. They were publishers. They were people who loved books and were looking for the next great writer, whether it was fiction or nonfiction. These days, most publishing houses, most of the big publishing houses are conglomerates. And they're reporting into their shareholders. And they're taking less and less books with smaller and smaller advances. And um, and they're supporting their authors less and less. So really, you know, as an attorney, you are probably decently funded. You have a choice. You have a choice whether you want to go through a major publishing house or you want to self-publish. Self-published authors who want to get into stores absolutely need to land a distributor and you want a distributor who has a sales force because a lot of a lot of companies call themselves distributors and they're not they're really just fulfillment houses um you want if you want to get into bookstores you want a distributor that has reps that actually sell into the bookstores but again for most attorneys you're using your book as a sales piece for to get more clients and so you 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 have to consider the options with that. You're using that. You have a book, and it's easier for you to get media. You get media, and clients come to you. Well, it sounds like a pretty straightforward option to self-publish um, and either do an e-book or do a, a longer book, uh, and then based on the product, you know, based on the activity, increased activity you get from having your book, then you have more uh, revenue to pay to get the book, uh, you know, rewritten or reworked uh, and distributed. Sounds like you could really take it in different stages. You can take it in different stages. And if you write a full-length book, these days you also want to have it put into ebook format. Um, it, last year, 9% of book sales were in ebook format. They had predicted that it would be 20% this year, and I thought it would be closer to 40. We're already getting close to 40. So even the bookstores are now selling books in ebook format. So really, um, if you self-publish, you have to invest in having your full-length book turned into ebook format also. And you want to be available on all of the devices, and it's just not that expensive to do. What's a ballpark um, of the things? Well, anywhere between five ninety-five to seven ninety-five, and that gets you distributed into the forty top platforms for e- ebook distribution. Okay, so under a thousand dollars. Under a thousand dollars. I bet a lot of people don't realize that. Now there are book shepherds who will mark that up. Understand that there are people out there who will take you through the pub- the publication process. And they will mark up every single thing along the way. So what would normally cost, you know, uh, five ninety-five to seven ninety-five, you'll be charged fifteen hundred for. So you have to have a handle on what these things should cost. 
One of the things I recommend to people, I know that everybody's busy. I know that there are time constraints on people. But if you're serious about writing, go to a good writer's conference. And I don't say that just because we put on a writer's conference. Ours is a pay-it-forward conference. We all donate our time, and it's one of the best in the country. Um, so we don't, you know, we're not, we're not going to bimini on, on your $300 that you pay to come to our conference. But, um, but go to a writer's conference and learn. Really, really learn. We're going to pause quickly for our second set of breaks, and then we're going to get into a little bit more about learning how not to get swindled. Our guest today is Antoinette Curtis, and we will be right back. Curtis, I'm sorry. Curtis, and we'll be right back after our second break. And this is the halfway point in our show where we bring you our daily legal news. And today it comes from Reuters. It's the Obama administration fired a fresh salvo from Wall Street today, Tuesday, uh, telling critics of the U.S. financial reform law to knock off their attacks. Quote, we will continue to oppose efforts to slow down, weaken, or repeal these essential reforms, end quote. Deputy Treasury Secretary Neil Wallen said of the Dodd-Frank Financial Reform Act signed into law last July. Republican lawmakers urged on by Wall Street have taken aim at Dodd-Frank and as many of the put it into effect are still being written. They want to restrain power of the new Consumer Financial Protection Bureau by limiting its funding and are seeking less stringent rules on lucrative derivatives trading. J.P. Morgan Chief Executive Jamie Dimon took several punches at the financial reforms earlier this month at an event in Washington criticizing capital rules, the, US, the new U.S. Risk Council, and derivative reforms. So again, coming from Reuters, all about the Dodd-Frank Act and all the critics of uh, U.S. financial reform and where we're going there. So for more information, again, go to Reuters. And also our third commercial sponsor of the day is Jim Thompson and the Get Clients Now program. If you want to get more clients now, there's a seasoned attorney and marketing coach you can talk to. His name is Jim Thompson, and his program called Get Clients Now will help you take crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim is a recurring guest on our Lawyer's Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. To learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit LawyersMarketingResource.com and also check out his testimonials on their site, LawyersMarketingResource.com. Also, we want to let you know that we also strongly endorse the Get Clients Now program and understand the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by emailing him at J. E T that's J E T Jet uh, at MidwestConsultants.net again J E T at MidwestConsultants.net. Now back to our Law Talk Radio programming. Again, we're talking with Antoinette Kuritz all about book publishing and the different options lawyers may have to get a book published. And before our break, we were starting to talk a little bit about the benefits of attending a writer's conference. And at a writer's conference, you can talk to different people and learn more about how not to get uh, swindled. Uh, so let's ask that correct uh, question uh, directly to Antoinette now and uh, talk about some of the things that we should be watching out for. Anybody you work with should be able to give you references 
anybody you work with in the publishing industry should be able to give you a contract that tells you or a letter of intent that tells you exactly what they're going to do for you in return for what you're paying them. Um, at a writer's conference, you'll get, if, if the writer's conference covers the art, craft, and business of writing, you know, a lot of writer's conferences just cover the art and craft, but you want one that covers the business end of writing, and that talks to um, um, nonfiction as well as fiction. And at that point, you should be able to talk to people who are agents, people who are editors, people who are distributors, and get a real sense of what's going on in the industry. Um, make sure that whatever conference you goes, go to vets the people who are on faculty extremely well because otherwise you can be misled. Um, you know, it really is a matter of doing your homework. Again, I have, to, I have to emphasize this industry is changing so rapidly and it's growing so rapidly. We have so many people just sort of hitching their wagon their wagons to it. An agent, for example, an agent should never charge you anything. An agent makes their money when they sell your book. And they make their 15% off your advance and their 15% off your royalties. So if you meet an agent and they say, well, you know, if you pay me uh, $4,000 to edit your book and another 3000 to write your proposal, then I'll represent you you don't want that agent because an agent never charges. An agent may say to you, this book needs work. You need to find a good editor. We have a list of them that we recommend. Here's a list. Go talk with them. But if the agent themselves wants to charge you money for anything, walk off in another direction. There are just little tricks to the trade that you learn when you meet up with a whole bunch of other writers. Join a writer's, a writer's group. Most communities now have very large writers and publishers groups. And the reason they have writers and publishers groups is because so many people are self-publishing and need to understand what's going on. But just because someone's a member of that writers and publishing group doesn't mean they're the right person for you. A lot of people join these groups to be able to market themselves. So again, you have to be careful. You know your attorneys. You know how to tell other people to do their due diligence and if you're getting into the writing game, you have to do your due diligence. Certainly, and that's you know I'm so happy that we're having this show today because um, when I you know when I first talked to you about this topic, uh, I think I shared that I have so many people who have talked about getting published and have books they want to write in different uh, formats. Um, again, just to to recap, one of the best ways to sell your business and get more clients is to write how would you would you call it a consumer based book a, a consumer yeah a, a book that is that it, that you are aiming at the consumer that you're 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 writing for the consumer exactly the person that you would like to have walk through your door and retain you you know if you're writing a book on protecting your intellectual property well you know you know who you're you know who you're aiming at um Authors, authors always have questions about the content of their book. Um, I, I'm constantly referring people out to intellectual property attorneys who deal particularly with book publishing because they want to know, you know, can I use this person's name in my book if his name was already in the newspaper? Can I talk about this story in the book even though it's about teenagers um, because these teenagers were named in, in the newspaper and they did a perp walk? 
there are so many questions and uh, that come up. So you know, aim to your audience, and um, and then maybe do articles for the journals that your audience will read. If you're an intellectual property attorney, do an article for Writer's Digest. You want to get writers as your clients? Put a really good article in Writer's Digest. Uh, you see what I mean? And I, I if, think if you, if you deal with contracting issues, I'm sure there are trade magazines, trade journals that are aimed at contractors. So, and what you can do in your article is should make it a shorter version of the book, grab snippets of it, and get people to understand what it is you wrote about, and then they can go to wherever you direct them for more information to obtain your book. So, I just want to rehash what we're talking about here because I know it gets uh, we get into the details um, and the procedure of everything. But again, what we're talking about is picking what you know about and what you want to write about. And it can be based on resources, but in the format of a consumer's book aimed at your direct audience. So even if it is, you're the software lawyer and you're writing about software transactions and all the wonderful things in those contracts, you're aiming it at the software executives who are there to hire you. That's still a consumer book. I think that some of us get confused by calling it a consumer book and thinking that's just for uh, you know, the complete general public. Uh, however, the general public is not going to necessarily be looking for that narrow of a title. Are we on the same page? I think we are. You know, I think what I'm saying is, is if you're a divorce attorney, you might write a book on um, – you might write a book on getting through divorce. I'm, I'm being very general here. And you might write it for men. You might write it for women. Um, or you might write a book on, on the you know, divorce without bitterness. I, I, you know, any number of things. But you are writing to people that you're writing a book that people who are getting divorced will be interested in. If you are a soft, you know, if you're a, an attorney who deals with software, you know, there are more and more people creating apps. It's not just the big companies that need you. It's also all the people creating apps and, 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 and games and all kinds of stuff. Then you might want to write a book that gets uh, – you might want to write an article that gets written up in the journals that these people read. Um, there's, you know, there's so many different avenues to take. And then there's the development of your website. So many attorneys have bland, bland websites that don't give any more information than who you are and what you do. If you give a little bit more information, and if your website is not static, if, if every week there's a new bit of information for your particular consumer up on your website, you can drive people back to your website. If there's a question and answer thing on your website every week, you have to... You have to think about all the ways that you can reach out to the public with the new new methods of information that are out there. But a book, whether you do it in ebook format, whether you publish it through a major publishing house, whether you self-publish, a book is a great tool as a giveaway. It's a great tool to um, get you media. It raises your credibility and your veracity among people who don't know you, particularly the media. And, uh, you know, we've all seen the attorneys who seem to be on uh, even local TV in their market every month answering questions. They seem to be there. Anything comes up uh, with a legal issue, they're the ones that the stations call on. 
Why? Because they've gotten their foot in the door, and they usually get their foot in the door with a book of some sort. Let's go right into that because you're exactly what I wanted to ask you, Ness. Okay, so you have your book. You have your website that has a blog that's included. You write frequently. Um, you send news releases out to trade pub, uh, trade journals and publications. You're doing those types of activities. And now, so I think that most of our uh, listeners out there who are already savvy in writing and uh, publishing on the short end now want to get the book. So now they have the book produced. What is their route to, and can they do this on their own, or who is the best person to help? But how do we now get this into the media? How do we let them know, and how do we use it to leverage the book for credibility? Well, understand, your book is going to get you on the media once. Um, they may or may not have you on to talk about your book. But what your book does is it does give you credibility. Now you're not just a lawyer, you're also an author. And that puts you ahead of people who are just attorneys. So let's say, uh, but what is what does the media want? Any producer wants you to be able to come on, particularly with TV, for a four to five minute segment, sometimes three to five minutes, filled with content that's going to keep their viewer from turning the dial when you, gotta, when you get on. They want 80% of their people to stay tuned in while you're on the air. So the first thing you want to do is you want to get media training. And in that media training, you should be able to determine your hooks, your sound bites, some of the topics that you'll be pitched on, your position statements on certain things. And all of those things will tangentially relate back to your legal specialty and to your book. But you may not necessarily be talking about your book. What you're doing is you're giving them three minutes of really great and provocative and informative content in the form of edutainment, and in return, the um, anchor is going to talk about your book for 30 to 45 seconds and talk about your practice for 30 to 45 seconds. So you're buying, you're buying an advertisement that is going to have a lot more bang than an actual ad that you might put on TV because you've got the anchor sitting there saying, yeah, and Joe Smith is a great personal injury attorney and he's got this fabulous book. You're getting a personal endorsement in return for providing that three to four minutes of really good content well delivered. So you really want to get media training. You want to work with someone who can work with you on the position statements, the hooks, the sound bites, and, and the topics that you can be pitched on, that you can handle really well. And then you're ready to go, and you want to have somebody pitching you to media. And the, and then the next step also, when I, I'll just add this in there, once you have uh, your media run, is some, say, the other the local news runs an article on you or has you on a, a featured segment, now mm-hmm. you've got something you can quote and clip and put on your site um, you know, as featured or as seen on, and maybe it has a link, maybe it does not, but instant credibility. Uh, exactly. You want to buy the... Uh, you want to buy the tape from the whatever it is now from the service you want to buy the segment from the service so that you have it forever and you can just put it up on your site because stations only keep links live for a certain amount of time okay and so you want it and or you want to put it up on youtube and have the link to youtube but you really you really do want every uh, every good media appearance to be prominently on your website because 
you know, that's another selling point. People go to your website. They think, okay, I need, I need an attorney. They find you. They go to your website to check you out, and there you are, and they hear you talking, and they see you in action, and they get a sense of you. And nobody's going to sell you better than you. It's very true. And but here's again, another... you have to be prepared. I'm sorry, but you have to be really prepared. And being able to speak, in, I have people come to me, um, and they'll say, well, I don't need media training. I can, I'm a professional speaker. I, I speak in front of thousands of people at once. Well, when, I, when you're on stage, you get to use body language. You get to read the audience. You know when you're losing them and you know when you've got them. You know when you've got to lower your voice and you know when you've got to raise it. Um, it's very, very different than being able to synthesize your message into that three or four minutes and get people interested enough in you and what you have to say to go to your website, buy your product, uh, retain you as an attorney. It's a very different dynamic. So right. please, please, please get media training. Get media training. Everyone write that down. Get media training. And the and media training needs to be with the person who minds you for the best, best topics uh, to be pitched. So ideally, you're working with your publicist on your media training. Now, here's a question within media. You said good media... Um, I've mentioned. I particularly noted that you'd mentioned you can get good media coverage. There are a lot. There, there seems to be media coverage uh, out there in different forms that some might say is good, better, and best. Some is more available. Um, sometimes people are finding key bloggers and other influencers out there who can uh, publish short story and piece. Uh, so, what are some different thoughts you have on looking for? top media, uh, middle-tier media, and what are some different types of media that we can share the book with? Um, you know, there's local TV. You start. You always start with local. Um, I know a lot of people think, well, I've written a book and it's time for me to be on Oprah. But the reality is, is you're probably not going to get on Oprah with your book. And if you do, the people who retain you are still going to come from your your community. So your local news is ideal. Your local TV news and you need some local clips before you can go national anyway. So that's number one. Local radio is great. And think about it. You know, talk radio is good, but um, you're not going to get on drive time unless you're going to be entertaining. And more and more drive time shows, that's early morning and late afternoon, are given completely to music. So you have to think of a way not to just be educational, but to be really entertaining on drive time. So that's another way. Community newspapers are fabulous. I know that we all want to be in the big city newspaper in our area, but people read, think about it. When you get that community newspaper at your doorstep, most people read that cover to cover. They may scan their big city local newspaper, but they read their community newspaper cover to cover because that's what's going on in their neighborhood. Yeah. If you, if you write columns for your community newspaper, that's great. The other thing to recognize is that a whole new world has opened up for us. It's not that easy to get your article into a traditional magazine, to a hard copy magazine. And there's usually a six to nine month lead time to get into a hard copy magazine. But most of the magazines now have online versions, and they're hungry for content because there's no limit to what they can put in those online magazines. 
And so look up your online versions of the magazines that you feel you'd be suitable to write in and submit articles to those. Another thing I'd like to add is that community newspapers are also found in our major cities. Um, here in Chicago, I have two neighborhoods I think about. My office is in the North Loop. I suppose there's a few people there with their own publications. But I know that on my north side neighborhood in Ravenswood Gardens, there's the uh, Center Square Journal. And they write all about local uh, issues. They'll highlight different restaurants. And I, I agree, and I read that cover to cover. Um, yep. As they've been, filming, uh, they've been filming episodes of a new CBS cop drama uh, down the street. And they misidentified the neighborhood as Ravenswood Manor. Well, that's on the other side of the river. It's Ravenswood Gardens on this side of the river. And local residents were... Um, were angry at the people who uh, <laughs> misidentified <laughs> yep. where yep. they were Your filming. I mean, people, the soccer moms, read those. everybody reads those newspapers cover to cover. I love them. I just love them. Um, I, but again, um, for, 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 more, for broader coverage, um, your, your magazines that are online, you can't, you can't beat them. And they are hungry, hungry, hungry for copy now. And almost every community, large city, now also has an online newspaper. And you can get a column in an online newspaper faster than you can in a hard copy newspaper. Yeah, another thing that I think is really a wonderful thing is to comment. Um, I know we're kind of getting further and further away from book publishing here, but comments are, are, are a good way to also get your name out there. Um, I commented today I was on the Brown Line train that I was two cars behind the one that derailed this morning, and uh, I, I wanted to memorialize my story of what happened, um, and I hopped on there and went a comment. And I've had people see that, respond, and, uh, you know, different relationships coming out of just the most random things. So, again, it's a very diverse world out there and there are all sorts of opportunities to publish. So we're going to take our, our, our third and uh, final break here and then be right back with Antoinette Kuritz, and we're going to just talk a little bit more about what some things we might look forward to once uh, the book that we publish uh, is read and, and loved by many, what are some other places we can take it and how we can uh, monetize and make some money uh, with the book. So this is the point in our show where we bring you law practice management resources, and we have three areas they're coming from. We have, first, Law Bulletin Publishing Company, second, law, uh, the ABA Publishing Group, and third, Law Publicist Communications. And first, from ABA Publishing, the title for today is About the Technology Contracts Handbook. This is a particular, a very practical and accessible reference book and training manual on IT contracts. It is a clause-by-clause how-to guide on software licenses, technology service agreements, and covers issues at stake and offering negotiation tips and sample contract language. It's good for both lawyers and business people, including contract managers, procurement officers, corporate counsel, and anyone else responsible for contracts. Perhaps most important, this book uses simple English, like a good contract. So again, the title is About the Tech Contracts Handbook from ABA Publishing. Second, from Law Bulletin Publishing Company, when you subscribe to the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin and the Chicago Lawyer Magazine, you'll receive up-to-date legal news from Chicago and around Illinois. Also, check out the Law Bulletin blog, Attorneys in Transition, which offers advice and tips for those lawyers going through a career transition. It also hosts a monthly career seminar for lawyers in flux in their careers. 
I am one of the weekly advice columnists published by the Attorneys in Transition site, and I hope you do stop by and leave your comments at attorneysintransition.com. Finally, from Law Publicist Communications, if you want your clients and colleagues talking about you, you should be concerned with what they're going to say. Do you need a logo or a website or a brand image? Maybe you have time to do all these things yourself. Maybe you do not. What about your staff? Hand us the keys or let us help you make sense of public relations for law firms and businesses. Law Publicist Communications is a public relations agency servicing lawyers and professional service firms. We help put you on the map and get people talking about you and your firm. Please visit www.alrpra.com or just search in Google for Law Publicist Communications for more information and to view our welcome video. And our final commercial sponsor is credit damage expert George Finder. Your credit score and reputation are very valuable assets. If you suffer damage to your credit score, you should consider your damages. Credit damage expert George Finder is an expert who can put a dollar amount on damage to your credit score. George is one of the only credit damage experts in the country, and the attorneys and plaintiffs who have used his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas such as personal injury, employment law, family law, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into your intake process, you and your staff will learn how to spot the credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Available nationwide, the website is www.creditdamageexpert.com. Again, creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. Now, as we go back to our show, we are talking with uh, Antoinette Kuritz, and I just wanted to uh, finish the show out by talking a little bit about how the books that we put together now can not only be used to uh, encourage more business relationships for us directly, but also to turn a profit. You know, um, most authors... Um don't quit their day job until their fifth successful book. And that's because it takes about five successful books to replace um, replace your income so that you can live in the lifestyle to which you've become accustomed. That said, a book a book can be used in so many ways. The question becomes, we go back to what I said at the beginning, the question becomes, what do you want this book for? Are you writing a book to raise your profile in your area so that you get more clients? Because the person from who reads your book in Florida and you know, you're practicing in San Diego is not going to hire you as an attorney. Do you want this book because you want to become a national presence? You want to be um, called on as an expert on national TV shows, you know, on, on the cable news channels. Why are you writing the book? And once you know why you're writing the book, then you know what you have to do for PR and marketing to fill your goals. When we, when we take in a client at our firm, we send over a prospective client form. And one of the most important things we ask them to fill out on that form is their goals. And we'll look at their goals and we may say to them, well, you know, we think you ought to add this, this, and this to your goal. Or we may say to them, you know, these goals, these goals are just unreasonable and, un, and and not reachable for what you're doing. Or we may say they're just right. But your goals are what will define the kind of book you write, the way you publish your book, and um, what ancillary po- products you create 
from the book. You may do a series of of um, of, of audios for people to use. You may do a workbook. There's any number of things that may come out of your book. You're an, a divorce attorney. You may get together with a psychologist and do a book on the aftermath of divorce or why it's important to get through divorce amicably. That's more of a national book than a, than a, a local um, sales piece for you. You know, so again, you have to think about what your goals are. And your goals will then define what you do. But I will say this about whatever you write. It doesn't hurt to lay the groundwork for it. You know, we have clients that we're taking national with their books. We start their PR nine months to a year before that book even comes out. While we're helping them through the writing process and we're helping them through the um, publication process, whether it's finding an agent or self-publishing, we're all, we've already got them on media. Why? Because books have books in bookstores have a shelf life somewhere between yogurt and milk. If that book isn't selling in six to eight weeks, it's pulled off the shelves and it's returned, and pretty soon it's on the remainder aisle, if it gets there at all. So if you're going to have a book that you want to take national, that you want to have in the stores, whether it's published by a major publishing house or yourself publish it, you really have to create a groundswell for it well before it appears. Does that make sense to you? It does. There is so there's there's a lot to know um, to taking it to the next level, and it sounds like there's so much planning. And it there's a choreography. Me, there's a real is. choreography that goes with it. Every you know, people don't realize they think okay, my book is printed. Now it's time for it to hit the stores. When your book is printed, that's when you send out the advanced reading copies. Your distributor, if you self-publish, your distributor wants six months lead time to get that book into the stores. That doesn't mean you can't be selling it back of the room when you speak. And here's another thing for attorneys to think about. If you have a book that makes you more viable as a speaker, and um, you know, and then after you speak, you get to autograph your book at the back of the room. Books are just another tool in your arsenal. No more, no less. You know, if you want to do a bestseller, then you gear for that. But if you're using your book as a sales piece for you and your firm, that's an entirely different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping back a little bit to the ebooks, can we revisit that just for a moment? Sure, absolutely. Um, what are some of the top, if you had a, you know, top ten things to watch out for, or things that people should know, or maybe it's a top five list? What should we remember and take away about ebooks? Well, when we say ebooks, we're talking about two different things. One, we're talking about what used to be an ebook that was usually in a downloadable format um, that you would eventually print in a PDF, but now is in electronic format. Um, those can be what you would have put out as a 25 to 35 page booklet. On the other hand, there are very few books that are coming out in hardcover right now that aren't also coming out to suit all the e- the the um, electronic book formats, all the platforms. So if you write if you write a, you know a, a regular book and you publish it, you're also going to want it published as an ebook. You're going to find that over the next couple of years, you'll be we'll be selling as many ebooks as we do hard copy books. And they generally come out simultaneously. 
Okay. Now, resources, if you could leave us with um, your own contact information and some other resources that you think are very valuable to someone who is uh, researching the process, what would, might those be? Um, you know, it's it's. <laughs> I'm at um, I'm at acurits at strategiespr.com, and that's K U R I T Z. I can also be found through the La Jolla Writers Conference. That's for those of you who aren't in the Southwest. That's L A J O L L A Writers Conference dot com. Um, there are some great designers and great editors out there. Um, Gwen Snyder is a designer out of Texas who is just stellar, um, and she's very honest. Midpoint Trade Books is a wonderful distributor out of New York. Uh, so is Partners. They're out of the Midwest. Um, Beaufort Books is a great book for cooperative, pu- uh, a great company for cooperative publishing. I don't know that um, I even talked about cooperative publishing here. That's where you share the cost of publishing and share the benefits. Um, I want to leave you with a, a real caveat about all of this. Please, 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 if you decide to self-publish, be careful about who you hire to help you and um, be very produce something that is professionally done. It's very important that that self-published book look as good as and read as well as any book from any major publishing house. Well, I'll tell you what, I, what I've learned today is that the option to get a book published is there for many more of us than I realize. This is something that anyone who is already a skilled writer can tackle. Um, I would suggest to people out there, if at the very least develop a solid outline um, and a roadmap for your uh, book and where it's going to go, and then ask for a resource along the way to help either find someone to help you write it or, or get some tips. Sounds like there are a, a myriad of resources out there, but also wolves in sheep's clothing, so please always do be careful. Antoinette, I want to thank you for your time today, and I look forward to getting to know more about the publishing uh, process, and maybe if we have some uh, clients who want to go down the publishing road, we can maybe revisit and come back and talk about this again and see what people's experiences may be. Well, thank you so much for having me. And if people have any other questions, they are more than welcome to contact me. I will okay. um, I will answer questions. Wonderful. And best contact info, contact info again? Um, you can contact me by email at acuritz, that's A-K-U-R-I-T-Z, at strategiespr.com. You can get me through the La Jolla Writers Conference website. That's L-A-J-O-L-L-A, writersconference.com, or I'm at 858-467-1978. All right. Thanks again, Antoinette. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. I'd also thank, like to thank all of our uh, commercial sponsors who contribute to this programming, Nancy K. Ducharme and the Law Offices of Nancy K. Ducharme. Secondly, Steve Fretzen and Sales Results Incorporated. Third, Jim Thompson of the Midwest Consulting Group and the Get Clients Now program. And fourth, credit damages expert George Finder. You can also find our shows at alrpra.com 
forward slash Law Talk Radio for our archived broadcasts. Again, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on your facts and location. Communication with attorneys on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. Our programming is politically neutral and objective. Counterpoints to views expressed on our shows are always welcomed. Law Talk Radio is produced by Law Publicist Communications, an ALRPRA incorporated agency, and Law Talk Radio does not necessarily endorse all of the opinions expressed by guests. Finally, all callers do remain confidential and all rights to this broadcast are reserved. Here at Law Talk Radio, our episodes are programmed to bring attorney and non-attorney audiences the tips, tools, practice area, information, and news that they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With our guests and listeners located worldwide, we appreciate this opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine for Law Talk Radio, and we thank you for your time.